family tradition. Mm. You know, see the family boxing uh, dynasty painting that's floating around. And uh, yeah. I come from a long boxing family which started in Southampton, England uh, in 1892 or something. Grandfather, father, two uncles, myself and my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad put up an overhead ball and a punch bag, and away I went, starting with the local Bensdale Police and Citizens Youth Club. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Please tell us about your amateur career and accomplishments. Mate, I, I had about 30 fights for 25 wins. Uh-huh. Uh, I won, picked up a couple of Gippsland and Victorian titles along the way. The local policeman, Joe Mation, ex-fighter, and Len Marriott, uh, he had a bicycle shop. He looked after me, and they did a good job of it, you know, when I was a wild young man at 14. Yeah. You were wild, were you, Mick? Well, well, I wasn't quite. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a good interview, this, I can tell. You turned pro in 1966 at Festival Hall in Melbourne. Please tell us about your early professional days, finding at Festival Hall, and what your early goals were for your boxing career. Yeah, mate. Uh, I fought Muhammad Omar, a Lebanese kid. Yeah. Uh, for my first fight, I won that on points, and uh, I, I got a blood nose. That's what happens in boxing, you know. But um, it, it was pretty good. I, I had a great time. I got the number one contender for the vacant light middleweight title. Trained out of Jack Rennie's in Essendon with Lionel Rose, Johnny Plant, wow. Kimpo Mafia, Love and Bobolotti, Jimmy Bell, Leo Young, and a lot of other talented uh, glovemen. I had one thought or idea and that was to find out how much natural ability I had, and uh, I was always superbly fit. But without a fair amount of God-given natural ability or wherever it comes from, I took on that challenge, and then a year with a title, and then I got to number one contender mm-hmm. for the title. It was vacant, and Stadium Limited were having a blue with Jack Rennie, uh, because Jack had the trump card, Lionel Rose, yeah. and they didn't give me an Australian title fight, so I quit boxing, and I went to work in the Bath Strait oil fields, which is just here near Bensdale, mm-hmm. where I live in the construction business, and I started my international offshore career. That's another story. Okay, well, let's let's finish off your pro career first. So your pro career lasted three years. Looking back... What is your mouth? What is your mouth most proudest of moment? Only three years as a pro, but you did a lot. Well, I, I, I did a bit of time. You know, I'm a very impatient person. I did what I wanted to do, and uh, I, I, I found out that I wasn't going to be a Lionel Rose. So I thought, well, I might as well quit and go and get a big quit on the offshore oil rigs. Yeah, you know? okay. Which I did, but I've spent the majority of it now. But that's another story. But <laughs> you know, I suppose, I yeah. suppose being Lionel Rose's main sparring partner. Lionel was a true legend, fantastic sure. fighter, uh, and I was his main sparring partner for three years, and, and we ended up good mates. You know, fighting Mick Byrne, Mick Byrne was a pretty formidable mm-hmm. Irishman, and we uh, we won the Festival Hall's Fight of the Year in 1967, and then Ben Briz and I came into it, and we fought and got the TV Ringside's Fight of the Year in 1967. Um, you know, we also, uh, I had other top opponents along the way, which you guys would know, uh, Dick Blair, George Fogus, Ben Brizzy, yeah. Bobby Murdoch, Sydney side of Eddie Dawson, I'd like to know where Eddie is if somebody knows, uh, I'd like to hear from him, Hopefully, Graham yeah. Dicker, Jimmy Ryan, Queenslanders Frank Roberts, Arthur Larigo, you know, 
good proud times and good for the fourteen year old kid. Okay, let's go back the Ben. Let's go back to Ben Brizzy because you fought him five times. Did you fall in love with yeah, him or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people thought we we're going to get married and fought <laughs> each other that much, but uh, Ben was a good guy and he's a good yeah. fighter. And uh, both of us couldn't punch. You know, we had low KO records of thirty percent or something. Yeah. But uh, man, did we let him go? We we're both fast. Yeah. We're like a machine gun, and uh, we got numerous showers and uh, numerous fights of the year and best fight of the night, and uh, it's good to see Ben still going well and, and running the Victoria, uh, Boxing Victoria in Melbourne, yeah. and, uh, and his sons are in it too, so uh, you know, they're all going pretty good, mate. Okay, you also fought another guy, uh, Frank Roberts. You fought him three times. What's your recollections of the Frank Roberts fights? Yeah, Frank. Frank was a good fighter. He came from Queensland, and um, and uh, yeah, I think I stopped him once, and 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 he beat me once, and then I beat him back. You see, I didn't like getting beaten, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a good guy, Frank. Uh, you know, if anybody knows where he is, uh, please put you know put me in contact with him because yeah. he's a good, great For sure. guy, and I hope he's still with us. Okay, in your last fight, you fought Bobby Murdoch. What's your memories of that fight? Oh. Uh, that was a beauty. That was down at the Palais in Geelong. I, I fought Bobby up in Sydney. He was a light heavyweight. I was yeah. only a light middleweight, but always looking for a quid. I didn't. I, I didn't care how big they all uh, were. I just had a go and got the dollars. But anyway, I fought um, at South Sydney Rugby League's club. I fought um, Bobby up there and beat him on points pretty yeah. easily. Then I come down to Geelong, his hometown. And uh, he beat me on points, but yeah. you know you've heard about hometown decisions and that. I guess you might have had one in one or two in Sydney from time to time, but mm -hmm. that's the way it was. I lost on points, but mm -hmm. Bobby and I are still good friends too. That's great. That's good, isn't it? So, looking back at your career, who would you say was your toughest opponent? Oh, uh, I, I think yeah. Well, they're all tough, as you know. Um, being a formidable grubman in your in your time. Um, uh, they're all tough. But I say Mick Byrne was because he, he was a, he bigger than me. He was a light heavyweight. So I thought to get fired top of the tree in, um, in in the light middleweight division, super welterweight, and uh, to get fights, I had to fight guys bigger. And, you know, I said, don't worry about how big they are, just worry about how big the purse is. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it would have to be Mick Byrne. And as I said, we got the... Festival Hall fight of the year in 1967. Yeah. Oh, he was a big man, a big puncher. And he's uh, another guy I'd like to meet up with now, but uh, I, I can't find him. Mate, after this, um, after this interview, you never know what happened with a couple of um, ex-pugs, old ex-pugs I've had on in the past. They've uh, contacted yeah. each yeah. other because of this show. True story. Okay. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that, Paul. You're doing a good job up there and you're getting it out to the people and uh, it's still a noble art. That's what I love doing. Okay, Rob Murdick, Rob Bob Murdick was your last fight. Were you happy? Happy to walk away from the sport? Could you walk away with a smile? No, well, I didn't walk away with a smile. I thought, well, you know, I lost my last couple of fights, and uh, mm. the big money beckoned offshore, yeah. and here's me in Melbourne uh, training solitary confinement, more or less, as a young boxing kid, and as young boxers have to do, and uh, so I went offshore. And, in the, uh, you know, 67 or 68 or around about that era sometime. And, and then, you know, I ended up uh, going all over the world in that business. So it was really good to me. And yeah, I've, I've always kept, a, I've always kept a, you know, a leg in on the business. So. You sure have. Okay. So after your boxing career finished, you became a judge after your pro career. 
please tell us of some of the big fights that you have judged because you've done some big ones. Yeah, mate, yeah. I did. I, I had a, a list of them here and uh, they've been misplaced or something or put out or I don't know where they are, so I, I can't really, you know, tell you what types. But, uh, you know, I've been involved in fights all over the world with the WBF and everything and, um, you know, uh, as I say, I, I can't because I, I had them all written down once and now I forget them. But anyway. it'll, it'll come back to you. Okay, there, back. Is, there, there is always a lot of controversy in judging fights. In your opinion, Mick, what makes a good judge? Well, number one, he's got to be honest. Uh, you know, that, that's the main criteria. Um, you know, a lot of guys make funny decisions and everything, but, um, you know, he's got to be fair dinkum and uh, good eyesight and be not misled by others, which a lot of people get influenced by others, and also a good knowledge of boxing helps. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. having got anybody that hasn't been boxing, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you... If you want to know something about something, well, you do it and get the experience in doing it. But a lot of these guys haven't had the experience. But, you know, I, I guess there's imperfections everywhere. But I would not say too much on that. It might it might come back to me. <laughs> no, that's well said. Okay. You are best known as being the president of the WBF. How did you become the president? Well, Jack Rennie run the WBF in the Southern Hemisphere mm-hmm. for many years. Johnny McDougall helped him out from Sydney. And moved my fa- and then I moved my family to Melbourne in 1998 our, uh, for our daughters to enter Melbourne University. Yeah. Uh, smart girls like their mother. It wasn't long before Jack wanted to pass the bat because, you know, his time was getting on his side. And uh, he contacted Ron Scalf in Tennessee, the owner. And uh, my daughter and mate from Queensland, Clive Robertson, we all took off to Johnson City, Tennessee. And I... And I bought it, like, pardon me, I bought it rock, stock and barrel. I, I was on a low, it was on a low ebb then, 17 years later, but uh, Mick Crouch and the WBF coordinators worldwide have picked it up and we're now rated number six in the world. That's fantastic. You know, I must say over a couple of years, Paul Saunders of Tamworth has been the senior VP and sanctioned chairman and has done a great job. He's one of the nicest blokes I've met in boxing and he's closely connected to the sport. He's helping me uh, run it now, and uh, as I say, we're working together, you know, like two happy brothers, and uh, everything's going well. He's tuning in as uh, we speak. Beg your pardon? He's tuning in today. Oh, yeah, that's good, yeah, that's good. All the best up there in Tamworth. Uh, Paul, next time I come up, I'll bring my guitar and play a song for you up there. But (laughs) another little accolade I've picked up too, Paul, is I'm now also Vice President of the Iran Boxing Federation. They they picked me up about six months ago and wanted a bit of my expertise expertise to get the Iranian boxers out onto the world scene because of world sanctions. Uh, They've been very, very quiet. But, you know, I'm talking to them weekly now and uh, they just had one... One promotion. We've got another one coming up in August. I don't know if I can go, uh, but anyway, if I like to go, they want to bring me over. But uh, you know, that, that's the way it is. Okay, please tell us of some of the WBF fights that you that you that that stood out. Looking back, that you're proud to have sanctioned. Well, any, any I guess the out? top the top one's got to be Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, we've had a couple, but as I said, all these fights got lost mislaid something rather and i haven't got a record of them so you know as i said i can't remember all of them but i guess roy jones jr jr's been we we had um 
um, you know, Francois both and numerous mm-hmm. other guys for mm-hmm. us. So, uh, but I'm sorry I don't have the record on that. Okay, what's some of your future goals for the WBF? Well, Paul, um, you know, I have a dream, I guess, like Jack Rennie, and uh, I guess when I'm finished, they can carry me out in a casket. Um, you know, after this pandemic passes, we have the intention to develop this organisation worldwide yeah. to give young boxers a chance to win a title and have a belt for the rest of their lives and, and give them opportunities they would not have got elsewhere. Yeah, you know, Ray exactly. Charles can see the logical person to take over from me, so let's fate decide the outcome. But we want to give every young uh, boxer a chance to get up there, OK? Sanction fees come into it and uh, bodies come into it and mm-hmm. lots of other things come into it and they don't get a chance. Like in the Philippines now, we're doing very well in the Philippines because we're giving these guys affordable titles and they're taking them up. I'll be up there. I'll be up there for months once this pandemic finishes mm-hmm. for all the fights we've got lined up, you know. So it's a matter of giving the young guys a chance. And uh, Paul... Saunders has been perfect at this. He's done a good job. He's a hard man, but he's a fair man. He doesn't put he doesn't put bums in the other corner. He puts good, formidable fighters. So the people who want the bums in the other corner, they've got to go elsewhere because Paul doesn't give them to them. You know, being a sanctioned chairman. That's great, isn't it? Okay, I'm, I want to ask you this next question because you've been in the sport for a long time. Who would you rate as the best Australian boxer we have ever had? It's just like saying, yeah, give me the uh, six winning Test Lotto numbers in, in Test Lotto. No, it's a very hard one. And I want to show respect, you know, to the great fighters of past years because we've had a lot. And, um, you know, I, I know what it's like for every one of them to go through and uh, because I've been there. But uh, to name a, a modern-day boxer, you know, you've got to put up Rose, Famo, Jeff Fennick, Harding, Ron Richards, Jack House, and Tony Mundine, wow. Anthony Mundine, Riffo, the Sands boys, not, not McCroucher, Liz Darcy, you know, respect <laughs> to others that I, I didn't mention, you know, because like yourself, a good, formidable fighter, you know, um, and that's it. So, uh, uh, as I say, full respect to all the other guys I didn't mention. Oh, they just rolled off your tongue there. There's so many great... Australian fighters that tape um, that's boxing compiled by Graham McNeese is, if you've have you seen that one it goes for two hours what a no, what a no, tape what a video I didn't realise just how many Aussie champions we had it's it's been out for a few years now but that's one of the best I've seen on Aussie boxing yeah mate, I must try and get it just uh, email me or something at Paul no and uh, and get it I'd like to see that because you know I like I like. Uh, Boxing, I sometimes like boxing more than I like participating. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier. But anyway, <laughs> okay, you, you've been a, you've been around that long. You must have watched a thousand live fights. Are there any great fights that stand out that you've witnessed live? Oh yeah, I guess uh, um, I don't know if you'd call it a, a famous fight, but uh, I saw um, when I was working offshore up in Indonesia, I saw Muhammad Ali fight Rudy Lovitz, and uh, he just came out of there. He's a Dutchman. And they brought him out there because they've got a lot of Dutch people in Indonesia, in Jakarta, Indonesia. And uh, I saw that fight. I've been over the um, American scene fights in Las Vegas. You know, as I say, my memory fails me when it's mentioning all the names. But yeah. been to England uh, on numerous occasions, Europe, you know. And uh, I've seen some good fights, mate. And, 
you know, it's just a sport that I like, and, um, you know, I just keep at it, I guess, until that, that man puts me in the casket and carries me away. Stop saying that, Mick. You've got a long yeah, way well, to that, go. Yeah, that's a, yeah that, that's a bad, silly thing to say, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a thing that Jack Rennie said, and I never bloody forgot it, but anyway, never yeah. mind. Okay. But, yeah. Mate, um, before we go, some of the sparring partners you boxed uh, when you were fighting. Any, oh, any name? Man. Well, mainly Rosie. You know, Rose was a brilliant fighter. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that, that had it all because he would improve. I was in Melbourne for three years. We used to go and spar with Charlie Leo, Leo Young, you know, uh, uh a lot of other guys, and, and, and Rose, but, you know, they would improve a little bit. But Rose would, after each fight, Rose would improve dramatically. You know, he'd be another 20%, another 20%. He was improving, and it was brilliant. He had blinding speed. He could hit you. He could hit you without you see it coming. And that's where blinding speed comes from. I think Lionel Rose, because he, he, he jabbed that left jab out. Man, I tell you what, if you didn't move your head or lift your right hand up, you'd cop it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he was really superb. I've got to give him that. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, that's a bit. That's we'll, we'll cut it there, mate. Mick, thank you for your time on behalf of all those who love boxing. Thank you for everything you've done for for the sport of boxing, mate. You're one of the stickers, mate. You're one of the stayers. I can tell you. Well, sixty years this year since I had my first amateur fight up in Albos, yeah. which is a, a town, you know, not near Bensdale here in East Gippsland, and. Uh, I'm still at it, mate, still swinging, and uh, no signs of slowing up. And, uh, you know, so I, I told, told that man, just put that basket away. You won't be needing it for a while. <laughs> there you go again with that basket. Are you, yeah, yeah. You, right, uh, just, a, just a joke, mate. But Paul, thanks very much. You run a great show. I, I hope a lot of people have enjoyed my uh, broadcast, and God bless you all. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Mick, for coming on the, on the show. Thank you so okay, much. Buddy. See you later, mate. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye for now.